In today's Gospel reading, we see Jesus heal the man possessed, the demoniac. In their day and age, they didn't have much by the way of resources for dealing with mental illness, possession. So those kind of people were cast out of society. And as we read, he was chained up. He lived in the desert. In fact, when Jesus asked his, his name, he says, My name is Legion, for we are many. And like the man's named Legion, there are thousands of diseases that attack our spiritual health. Hatred, jealousy, envy, gossip, unforgiveness, guilt, fear, loneliness. Everywhere you turn, there is Satan like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. There are hundreds of ways to be sick, mentally and emotionally. And without attention to our spiritual life, we will be part of the 58%, of cor- according to Dr. Metzinger in the, back in the 80s, 58% of people suffer mild or moderate mental illness. And 23.4% show marked or severe signs of mental illness. Mental health, just as physical health, can no longer be taken for granted. Our diet of processed foods has led to an epidemic of physical maladies, diabetes, obesity, hypertension. In short, we're a mess. The same can be said for our spiritual diet. Violence on TV, sex, reality TV shows, they have expected our spiritual vitality and our mental health, depression, lethargy, joyless living, being medicated for anxiety. That has become the norm. As William Barclay tells of a conversation he had with a psychiatrist referring to a friend who had undergone treatment, Dr. Barclay said, I suppose that when he comes out of this hospital, he will be quite cured. Repressions, inhibitions, and complexes will be gone. He will be a new man. The psychiatrist replied, So you are another one of those who believes in psychiatrists. Let me tell you something. We can only strip a man naked until we see him as he is. And if after we have done that, we find that he is bad stuff, we can't do a thing about it. That's where you come in. He meant, of course, since William Barclay was a minister, That is where Jesus comes in. He alone can change a bad nature into a good nature. Dr. Viktor Frankl was right when he said that mental illness should be really called spiritual illness since it is man's search for meaning, identity, and security. That is, man's search for God. 
Today's gospel lesson shows the power of Christ to heal and restore the demoniac to his right mind. The man had suffered terribly, and as I mentioned in those days, there was not there were not many options for treatment. So he was left on his own. But Christ healed him, and the people saw him next to him in his right mind, and they were afraid. In today's age, we turn to psychiatry and medication, but we ignore the help that the church offers. First of all, we need to learn to focus on God daily, to begin each day with a prayer and to end each day with a prayer. So our sleeping thoughts will be focused on God and our waking thoughts will be focused on God. One man would say, this prayer every morning upon rising, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on Thee, because he trusteth in Thee. Dr. William Sadler wrote, Prayer and worship are safety vows for the soul. When the feelings, emotions, and internal pressures have risen almost to the bursting point, it is far better for the neurotic to pour out his soul to God than to indulge in an outburst of anger or a fit of bad temper. I regard prayer as a mastermind cure and personal religious experience as the highest and truest form of psychotherapy. Dr. Alice Carell, a Nobel Prize winning medical doctor wrote, prayer is the most perfect form of energy one can generate. It re its results can be measured in terms of increased physical buoyancy, greater intellectual vigor, and moral stamina. Along with prayer, we need good friends. For good and mental and emotional health, everyone should have at least one good friend somewhere, a real friend in whom one can confide. I once heard Dr. Bracelin, an eminent psychiatrist, say, it is my considered opinion that every person should have someone somewhere to whom he can talk frankly, monk or physician or friend or pastor. It helps to relieve the pent-up pressures of problems. One of the most healing forces in the world is another human being who can listen with patience and love and respond with what his faith directs at the moment. Everyone should have such a friend, and every Christian should try to be such a friend to someone. That means that we Christians, whose responsibility is to love others in the name of Christ, must be therapists to one another. Most of the people in the mental wards are there tragically because they did not have a support system of friends and loved ones to help them through their period of instability. Another great illness that we suffer from is guilt. There are two types of shame in the world. The type of shame that brings us to God and asks for forgiveness in the sacrament of confession. And there's the type of shame that makes us feel so unworthy that no one would ever forgive us 
not even God. That is bad shame. So for guilt, one of the greatest causes of mental illness, we have the greatest remedy in the world, the forgiving love of God in Christ. The same God who gave us absolute, uh, gave us absolutes gives us absolution. The psychiatrist can uncover the layers of buried guilt that have been tormenting us through the years, but only Christ can remove the guilt and completely eradicate it. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Another opportunity that the church offers for us in the health of our spiritual journey is to help other people. Father Anthony Cuneros writes, we are not made to be self-centered. One of the essential conditions of good mental health is to get out of oneself, to find a challenging vocation, to fall in love with another person, to give oneself to a great cause. To lose oneself, as Jesus said, is to find oneself. When someone asked Dr. Menninger, suppose a nervous breakdown is imminent, what do you do? He answered, turn the key in your door, walk across the tracks, find some people who need you, and do something for them, and you'll probably ward off a nervous breakdown. Charles Kingley said once, if you wish to be miserable, you must think about yourself, about what you want, what you like, what respect people ought to pay you, and then you will spoil everything you touch. You will make sin and misery out of everything God sends you. You can be as wretched as you choose. So forget yourself. Lose yourself in helping others, and your own burdens will become far lighter. He goes on to write, Man needs power. Man must be arched and buttressed from within, else the temple crumbles to dust, said Marcus Aurelius. Psychiatry may uncover the hidden fears that torment a person, but what is one to do with them once they are uncovered? Where else can one take these fears but to God, who alone can dispel them if we will place our complete trust in His love and power? Man needs to relax his tired soul somewhere. Where else can this be but in God? He can rest back in the everlasting arms and say, Here, Lord, would you please handle these fears until I get strong enough to handle them? You will find that a ton of cares will drop from your shoulders when you let yourself go and rest your weight in God's love and power. The other thing that the church calls us to is to be merciful to be kind and loving to one another. Ravi Zacharias said in a radio program recently, there is no cause to be mean to anyone. We can disagree. We can debate. We don't have to always arrive at the same place. But there's no reason to be unkind. We need to love one another. Father Anthony writes, the greatest healing for, 
force for those who are mentally and emotionally ill is love. Love cures. It cures those who give it, and it cures those who receive it. Almost all human failures, especially mental breakdowns, are the result of a lack of love. Is it any wonder that Jesus commands us to love? He does not offer us love as an option. The most curative thing you can offer any person in the world is your love. Offer it. Don't hold it back. You need it, and others need it. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, says St. Paul. Our mental and spiritual health is threatened in this day and age. And if we do nothing, if we go with the flow, we won't get better. The church has great resources to offer us. It is up to us to take advantage of them. We must come to church. We all need a spiritual father, someone that we can go to for confession, for guidance, for spiritual advice. Anyone who does not have a spiritual father is leaving themselves open to someone with far more experience in this world in spiritual matters than they, and that is Satan himself. So it's up to us to take advantage of the resources that God offers to us. And as we become spiritually, emotionally, and mentally healthy, then our households will become the same, and then it will spread around the world until we see health returning to society. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.